2: We're back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. Um, And as I told you, we are very fortunate um, to be joined at 1115 by Stephen Moranis, uh, who is not only a friend, he is one of the best realtors. He's a strategic and seasoned real estate leader with broad international experience. He's one of the smartest guys I know. He was the youngest president of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board with over 55. 8,000 members and is director of the Canadian Real Estate Association. He holds an MBA and two degrees from the University of Toronto, and he co-writes a weekly hater Moranis Bulletin, and you're just going to find a wealth of information. So he'll be on, and, and, you, know, and you don't want to miss him. Um, and before that, though, I just want to finish up with the New York information and you know, the eviction laws uh, have gone back, forth, in and out. You know, every day there's something new. So, Steve, do you want to keep us, Stephen, up, updated on what's going on with the uh, whole, you know, as we remember that everyone was supposed to have for the end of the year, then they would be able to be evicted. What's going on with that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So there are some recent updates in the last uh, week or so. Evictions, the moratorium has been pushed to May 1 by in New York State. Now, keep in mind, there's a federal law and there's a state law. But what matters ultimately is whichever law gives you the more protection, that's the one you can go with. So really, while there is a federal law, the state one, all intents and purposes, preempts it on this. And effectively, if you can say that you're not going to be able to bring a case, the landlord's are not going to be able to bring a case, and if you say that there's been hardships due to COVID, which has re- it's really very nebulous, um, but if you can say that effectively, nothing's going to be brought. The housing crisis. Everybody,
2: still. I think, can find some kind of a hardship. I mean, it's that absolutely.
3: And, and this I mean. is where you know the law's been open to some criticism. Again, it depends on which side of the table you're on. It depends if you're a tenant or if you're a landlord. But for example, by comparison. Um, in california there's an income test if you make more than a hundred thousand dollars a year you need to actually really put some evidence behind it one of the big criticisms of the new york law is that even if you have a drop in income and let's say even a significant one you could still be doing very well right the the so right. there's and you could still afford you could maybe make some payment so and this is where it's having a real impact. Um, you know, I, there I just are
2: want to ask you, Stephen, because here's what I, I, I have a problem with. Two things. One, the stimulus package. I think it's great to help people, but from what I understand about the stimulus package, there's many people that are going to get it that have never missed a day of work. And I really think it should be more money for people who actually don't have a job or lost their jobs. And as far as... The rent being pushed out to May that if you ha that's, that people have not paid rent for almost a year. what happens to you if you are a uh, if you if you're a landlord i mean do they have any relief so,
3: so so there's been a little bit of something that's now for landlords um that's out there, but it's a, it's effectively delaying and kicking the can down the road, and at the moment not allowing a foreclosure action, not allowing a tax lien sale, um, not having an impact on credit. And that's really for the same time period to May 1. It's generally for the small landlords that we've talked about, and when they're defining small landlords, and this is where it gets trickier and trickier, it's generally on a property basis. So if you're in the business of small multifamily things like that, then you'll have that. But you gotta be very careful because there's been all sort the problem is with these laws it misses a lot of people. There's there's a case going on that was right now that actually made it in the news, although um her congressman got her one year's worth of relief. This this protection talks about foreclosure tax liens, things like that but things it does not provide any time delay for repairs. So landlords can be in a situation where they have a tenant who's not paying rent, and let's say they have no money coming in, and let's say there's a need for emergency repairs or work. Well, there is no moratorium for that, but the money is still not coming in. So this is better than before, it does delay some things, but also, there hasn't been any discussion about late fees and penalties. Have they been waived? I didn't see anything waiving the late fees and penalties. And keep in mind, on these residential leases, it is, if it's going to take a long time to get through a massive backlog of cases. And the housing court's going to want to push it through. And I highly doubt that the landlords are going to be able to get late fees on, on these typical residential leases.
2: But, but well, yeah. worse than that, I mean, I just this is just, again, my opinion. I want to stress that. To me, if you haven't been paying rent uh, for a year, let's say almost a year, and now May comes and they say, okay, now you got to pay it, which was supposed to happen in January, what if you don't have it? Which I feel is going to be the case for a lot of people. Then what does the landlord do? And I am not pro-landlord. I, am, I look for what is fair, and I do think you've been out of work. You shouldn't be thrown out. You shouldn't be evicted. But I do think that on the other side of the fence, that they've got to then help out the landlords so that they can stay afloat because not every landlord is a billionaire, okay?
3: I'm going I'm to so even like, mention something even worse. I'm going to mention something worse for some of the landlords. If, let's say, you are being strategic as a tenant and you say, okay, all right, the, now it's May. And by the way, we might have a call in April, we might, and a and show in April saying, oh, by the way, May's now become June or July, right? So keep in mind, right. May 1 is the day today, but that's been pushed out multiple times. It doesn't mean it won't be pushed out again. But let's say May 1 sticks, it stays. What happens in a scenario where somebody says, you know, it's April, maybe what I'll do is I'll move out of my apartment from New York City and I'll move across the city, across the water, to Jersey City. Right now I'm in the state of New Jersey. Well, interesting thing. How how does the landlord bring the case, and how do they collect when they're now out of state in the local court in New York City? Very tough. It's going to be really very difficult. So, you know, this is where if you have, and, and again, I agree with you, this is, we're not pro-landlord. We're not pro-tenant. We're just being objective on this. But you can have a lot of people who could really be very strategic and devious, not have paid rent for many, many months, and then um, really get away with it. Yeah. And it's a tough I just, position I just to be
2: see, in. I just see sometimes people are trying to do the right thing, but they haven't really thought out a lot, a lot of things, and Steve, I hope that you'll keep Steve, just keep us updated on this. And um, again, if you have any questions, please call us because this is important. Okay. But for those of you who are worried about being thrown out in January, you can sleep at night. Okay. So that that's that. And with that, I, I'd like to um, introduce uh, not only. Uh, A good friend for God knows how many years, Stephen Moranis, who is a strategic and seasoned real estate leader uh, with experience internationally and in Canada. I mean, he's just got so many credentials. Good morning, Stephen.
4: Good morning, Dottie. You are um, very, very nice on the introduction. I appreciate it.
2: Well, I'm not being nice. I mean, I am nice, okay, but truthfully, I have the greatest respect for you. And um, we've been dealing, you know, I got to know Stephen, I don't know, I don't want to date myself, but it's probably 25 years ago, we were both, uh, uh, you know, our companies were both, I don't know if it was Merrill Lynch or Prudential, and Stephen's company was the Canadian affiliate and so we kind of grew up in real estate together, okay? And we've always kept in touch, and we've always been friends, and we still talk. And we're looking at, gee, what's going on in Canada, and how is that comparing to what's happening in the U.S.? And by the way, if you look at New York and the U.S., um, I think one of the biggest groups that come to New York and come to the U.S. are Canadians. It's a big part of um of of our of 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 the new york area and other parts of the country so Stephen, tell us what's going on in canada and how is it comparing to the you know i know you keep up with the new york and this area so what's going on what's different what's the same how's the virus how you guys deal with the virus what's what's going on there give us an update
4: well so, so, um I appreciate the opportunity, Dottie. I did a, a deep dive into the residential market uh, from a statistical point of view, which is sort of one of the ways that we um, you know can uh, make some projections and uh, draw some insights into what's happening twenty twenty one both in Canada and the United States were incredible years. The average price, and i've taken a twelve month sample of roughly 14,000 cities in the U.S. and about 6,600 cities in Canada. In the U.S., the average price from uh, December 2019 to November 2020 went up 17.3%. In Canada, it went up 15.2%. Um, the average price in the U.S. Uh, at, the, uh, at the end of this period was 440000 and in Canada, it was 612. Uh, don't get too excited because we have a, an exchange difference. The Canadian dollar is on a world market because, you know, there's many international buyers who look at both the U.S. and Canada as right. um, pur- purchase opportunities. We're about 75 cents, the Canadian dollar, um, to the U.S. dollar. So, you know, if, it, it's probably pretty close on exchange. But here's some interesting stats. For example, in the U.S. in this period, there were approximately 3.3 million transactions. And if you can believe this, over a million four hundred thousand of those transactions were people who paid the full ask, last asking price or more than the asking price. And 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 you know. How I many was that the more- asking price? A million four, full asking off the last asking price, right? So, you know, some people would list a house and it gets reduced a couple times, but a sale to asking price, if you could believe it, a million four paid more, equal or more. In Canada, we had 515,000 transactions in that period. We're roughly, uh, the Canadian market is roughly one tenth the size of the US market, and we had over 180,000 people. Paid full asking price or more. Um, you know, listen. There's now, many. Do you sectors- think, Steven? Do
2: you think that is because of the sh- of the shortage of housing?
4: Well, I think it's. There's a whole bunch of things. It's it's it's, it's obviously a pandemic has created uh, new realities to where you work and and, and where you live and, and your needs. And if you've got two or three kids and both parents are working, you know they need a bigger home. International travel was stopped. So we found in recreational areas such as Muskoka or in, um, you know, Mount Trombla in Quebec area, prices have gone up anywhere from 25 to 40%. And I'm sure you've seen that in the Hamptons and other recreational right. markets. And, and people right. have said, look, you know, if, if basically Microsoft has said to you, Dottie, you can work um, – From anywhere, forever, you know, you sort of maybe scratch your head and say, "Why do I want to be in a 600 square foot condo in New York City or Toronto, where I can, you know, be somewhere out in the country as long as I have high-speed internet? What does it matter?"
2: Well, I agree to I agree to a major extent at this moment in time. But living in the city, what I can tell you is the city is not what it was two years ago. So there's no theater. Um, you know, there's none of the arts. Nothing's open. So obviously at this point in time, people will say, oh, listen, you know, if I can live X amount, I don't have to commute. I'm working from home. I might as well. But I wonder what will happen when the cities that come back and and, 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 and Broadway comes back and the museums open. Um, Do you think that that'll still hold true?
4: No, I don't think so, because I think the urban cities have a lot of electricity, a lot of excitement. People, you know, humans are social animals. We need the interaction. I mean, Toronto is a mini New York City. We've got theater. We've got opera. We've got ballet. We've got symphony. We've got sports. I mean, you know, we've got... I love Toronto. And um, you know, people love to go to a Raptors game or Toronto Maple Leaf hockey game or Blue Jay baseball game. You know, and and you know, it's unfortunate you guys are suffering the same. The fans are basically watching it on TV, and and the owners are trying to maintain some kind of you know financial survival package. But there's going to be some rejigging and 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 re tooling of much real estate. I'll give you one example. Hudson's Bay Company, which was sort of the original, you know, fur trading company way, way back before Canada was even a country. um, Their flagship store in Winnipeg was 600,000 square feet. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And they just shut her down. I mean, this is similar. And you would recall, I mean, there's been department store casualties in the United States, but JL I Hudson. Club. Was... I was so sad with the 21 Club closed. I mean, that's no, iconic. I know. Well, JL Hudson's store in Detroit, 2.1 million square feet. So what are these with e-commerce? E-commerce isn't going away. Online shopping isn't going away. I mean, the right. millennials, my my daughter's, you know, millennial, um, and all her shopping's online. I am the guy. I like to go in and try it on. I don't know about you, but it's you know the so same fun. way. But I mean, I was I would tell my daughter, to
2: listen, I don't want to buy it over the uh, you know over the internet. I have to see how it looks on me. You know, it could be a beautiful thing. Okay, I have to see the feel of fabric. But the the, the millennials really they everything is online for them.
4: Well, but some of these beautiful department stores like in Winnipeg, like in Detroit, are they not going to make amazing um, conversions into residential housing? I, I don't believe this, the, the, the large urban centers are going to be ghost towns forever. We're, you know, we're fortunate there's vaccines on the horizon. Maybe it's going to take a good year or more till every you know, all the dust settles. But New York City is fantastic. There's restaurants, there's just activity, there's excitement, there's energy. You know, this isn't going to stop. I mean, it's a sad story to see, you know, uh, obviously the casualties in San Francisco and New York and Toronto and Montreal. It's, you know, major, major um, inspiring metroplexes in North America. And, but it's, I think it will turn around, but many of these sort of historic use buildings will be repositioned in a different way, which will be a positive way and will add to, you know, the the fabric of large urban centers.
2: I couldn't agree with Stephen. I mean, I, you know, Stephen's law firm is in New York, and we're all in New York. And, you know, I love Toronto, I always tell people it's a great time to buy now in New York City and some of the biggest cities that got hit because they will come back. And, you know, if you could afford to buy now, it's a great opportunity because when they come back, the prices are going to shoot up. And I do think, you know, it's just a matter of when. And it's all really dependent on this virus, okay, I mean, on how quickly uh, we, you know, we Get a a handle on it, you know, and we're hoping I think it's going to take most of the year um, for it to really, you know, I think it's going to pretty much take 2021. Um, Interestingly enough, I saw in the news and I have a feeling this is just, again, an opinion that this could happen. They were talking about the airlines and they said that the airline flights were up like double of what they were this year, last year, this time, but they're still down a lot. And they say because people don't really feel safe yet. And they believe there might end up being a card mm-hmm. that says that, you know, you had the vaccine. We'll see if that happens. We have a commercial. But when we're back, I want to continue to to, um, to both Stevens. And, Stephen, I want to get you a read on what, what Stevens talked about. When We'll be right back. We're talking about 2021
4: in, in, in New York. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Vegetables in a Capsule. Changing the world, one life at a time.
1: I bust my butt 16,
2: 18 hours a day, seven days a week, and I needed to do something. Wasn't sure what. Did a lot of research, and most health products pass through our digestive system with very little, if any, benefit. But I have your two bottles of Balance of Nature, the Fruits and the Veggies, and it's time that people discover this product because it is real, and I see noticeable results. I'm taking balance in nature, and I'm getting healthy. I'm reaching a new balance in health. So let's get the word out. Let's get you guys out there and running. Thank you so much. You guys are a blessing, you know, to people like us that need help with our health. It's so tempting to eat just anything, you know? We don't have our fruits and veggies. So for moms like me, it's a miracle from God, let me tell you.
4: I'm in construction, but, you know, for the last two years, I was really dragging. I was lacking energy, so I started taking Balance of Nature, and it really started making a huge difference. It made me feel more energetic, and now I couldn't feel better. I feel like I'm 20 years old again. I mean, the guys at work, are like, what's up with you? So, you know, I'm a believer in it. I had a couple of my buddies who I never knew they were on it, but they're on it too. It really does let your body do what it's supposed to do. It's amazing. It's amazing what balance of nature does for you. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code The THEANSWER
1: your business is ready for a reboot a recharge the way our companies operate has changed adapting to the changes hasn't been easy but never more important to succeed many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing but are you using the full potential of every one of them that's where Salem Surround can help your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers who are making buying decisions for the new year will they consider or even know about you
0: It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman.
2: We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm um, um, here with my co host Stephen Ebert, um, our attorney and uh, Stephen Moranis, who's an expert on Canada, and I would say real estate in 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 general. I mean, you've always been in New York a lot and been in real estate, and we're talking about the cities that were hardest hit and because the pandemic really hit cities that were dense. And so then you had this whole flurry to the suburbs or to places that, you know, were away from that that had more space and more air and more, you know, were and so you know, you know, single homes. And we do believe that one of the trends that was caused by the pandemic, which was uh, not going to work and working at home, which still is happening. Um, I know in the Douglas Ellman offices, you know, we're open, but most of the agents really don't come in too much, uh, especially in the city where there's buildings. Um, that's probably going to trend that 's a trend to stay so we 're kind of looking at what we think real estate's going to do in twenty one not only in the suburbs in the cities now, the real estate market on a whole is poised to go up across the united states i mean it 's just you know there 's a lot and the millennials um, and are the largest buyers i mean they're you know they 're at the age and they believe in home ownership. Stephen, what do you think Stephen Ebert I mean you know You're in the city all the time. What do you see as far as big cities, as Stephen Moran has said, you know, they will come back?
3: Yeah, I mean, we're still seeing, you know, busyness and transactions. I had multiple closings on New Year's Eve, you know, multiple contracts that are pending. I think there's a few things. I think it's the type of product and the price points. That's been changing a little bit. I think there are definitely some people who – understand and are, are good with planning ahead and seeing the opportunity right now. I mean, the reality is I think mortgage rates are going to be fairly consistent, but fairly consistent could still be up a quarter um, to a half a percent, and that has an impact on payment. Um, so, you know, and that now has been a great time, negotiability, and I think people realize that. I think also people are realizing that You don't make a long-term decision on a short-term problem, and it depends on your crowd. I mean, if you're talking about young families, schools are going to be a factor. Safety is going to be a factor, and how that is being managed um, by the political establishment is really critical. I think people get that institutions have longevity, the theater, academic institutions, um, hospitals and so forth that are really committed to an area. And the other thing is, Ultimately, what you get in that mix is very different. There's a big difference in socializing of walking down the street versus having to drive 10, 15 minutes in a car. And I think these are the decision factors that people are ultimately um, going to make and factor into it. So I think you'll see a bit of a rebalancing. Um, I, I think, and I do think this is part of the trend, I think what will end up happening is people may split the difference. Uh, and what I see in that. Is that people may say, instead of maybe having all my eggs in one basket and putting all of my housing budget into one place, maybe go with two places that are smaller, and that way we have the flexibility. Um, and that, I, that's what I, I predict, see. I see that people
2: got used to. They were. They came. They left the city because of the pandemic, and then they got used to it. And they go, "This is not so bad," and like you know, and like the wealthy people always kind of had a place someplace else, and they left the city on, like, long weekends every weekend. Um, but I think that now people that, you know, regular people are going to just say, you know what, if I buy a home that's not too expensive, but it's kind of an hour and a half drive, whether it's upstate New York, whether it's part of – and, you know, I can – Leave on a weekend. I don't have to think. I can bring the kids. It's a change of life. It's just a change. And I think that you're going to see second homes. And that's why I tell anyone, and we're not talking about investments today, but I tell anyone, again, my opinion, if you have the extra money, you should look for second homes that are in spots where people buy second homes that are not too expensive that you can maybe fix a little bit because I think they're going to be big. Now, how about
3: Canada? Is that trend? Can I just can say, can I say one more thing time? on this? I, I just want to say one last point on this before I end up to it, Steve. I do think, though, the concept of the remote work is being slightly overplayed in the media. I, I do think long-term, while there will be elements of it, it, it's not a replacement. Um, there's some efficiencies, a lot of inefficiency, but also the other thing is this. There is something, and I see this constantly happening with employers, where they want people to get together, the ability to train, supervise, develop, market. It's doing everything just on a remote web conference.
2: No, Stephen, we agree with you, but here's the deal. And if I'm I'm a betting person, I'd have bet a lot on this. No, people need to interact, but... The ideal place is to not never see anybody. I mean, look, Zoom is getting played out after a while. How many Zoom meetings can you do? But you can have the best of both, where you can go to work a couple of days, okay? You can work from home a couple of days. And as a as a baby boomer, I am not. I wasn't used to that. I was used to working 24-7 every single day of the week, including Sundays. And then when the pandemic came and we were forced to work from home, I kind of said, well, you know what, maybe the millennials have it right. I mean, maybe it's fine. Of course you want social interaction, but I don't ever think that I think that if, you know, that even when everything comes back, that it will be a combination of both. And I'm curious about Canada. How is that working in Canada?
4: Well, and and that's a good point, Dottie. Let me just sort of of top line try to present to your listeners the nuances of how the Canadian market is different principal residences in Canada are not subject to capital gains tax they're exempt so for residents or citizens their principal resident is exempt from capital gains tax you can't write off your mortgage interest or your taxes as annual expenses but um, let me just say I think Canada is a wonderful place to for Uh, Americans to consider buying now. You you must be aware of some of the 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 different circumstances. For example, if you're not a citizen or you're not a resident, there's um was put in place about a year ago. There's a foreign investment tax. So a foreign investment tax is 15%. So if you're buying a place for a million dollars, whether it's a condo or a house or a country property, you're going to pay another hundred and fifty thousand dollars. A lot of non-resident citizens are forming Canadian corporations to kind of get, you know, get around that. And, and Steve would know sort of structuring. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of intelligent structuring of real estate acquisitions in um, the U S when you um, as well, you know, just based on taxes and regulations and legislation. The other thing about buying real estate in Canada, you um, also are, On closing, and I'm not sure if you have this in, you know, municipal jurisdictions in America, we have land transfer tax. So some of the cities like Toronto have both a provincial, which would be state, and local double land transfer tax, approximately 4%. So if you're outside of the city of Toronto, it's 2%, and different provinces and um, different municipalities have doubled up on the land transfer tax. This is when a property closes. Um, so you buy a property for a million dollars, you got 40000 in land transfer tax if it's in Toronto. And the other thing they're putting in place, and this is all sort of um, because of the affordability housing issue and homelessness and all the other stuff, which are areas that we all have to address, they're putting in a vacancy tax of 1%. So if you have An investment condo or you have a house that's vacant, they're going to charge you, besides your annual realty taxes, they're going to double up and charge you a vacancy tax. And that currently has been put in place in both Vancouver and Toronto. So I think, you know, I still think Canada is a great place to buy and invest understand the exchange rate is very favorable that's why there's a lot of asians both from china and india and pakistan are coming to canada because the dollar you know people sort of you know currency wise consider the u.s dollar as you know the main currency and it's basically 75 cents here so i you just have to understand all the um you know the obligations and responsibilities of a of a purchase of a piece of real estate well, property. Well, it it's
2: complicated, and I think the same thing with in New York. I mean, Stephen, can you give us an update? On, I mean, we we are hoping that doesn't go through the Pierre the peer tax, where you sure. know the city's trying to raise money because. And again, I don't I don't like to talk politics, but I'm going to say this: I don't really care this point i really think this mayor has run the city to hell and a lot of the stuff is not the pandemic and a lot of people okay the pandemic is one thing but there's going to be an end to that okay it's keeping the city safe and taxing it we are the highest tax in the united states and anytime they look to raise money and obviously new york city needs money but they needed money before the pandemic They're looking to put a pier de terre tax on anybody that has a second home, like a second apartment, which there's many Americans that, you know, have small apartments because they're in New York a lot. And then, of course, a lot of fathers. What's going on with that, Steve?
3: Steve? I think we're getting a commercial break. How about I bring that up right after the break and get exactly the tax situation?
2: Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, I mean, you know, I think, I don't know who's tax, you know, I don't know, Stephen, if Canada's taxes are higher or lower, but I know um, people are willing to pay more for New York. But then there comes a point that people say, okay, that's enough. And so I think kind of we're at that point where, you know, we pay the most taxes as it is, but then there becomes a limit to saying, okay, don't push it any further. Um We can talk about that PAC situation, which
1: hopefully... Well, not well, so true. Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law?
3: Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors & Sullivan, attorneys at law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors@gmail.com at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500 718-238-6500 and don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on AM 970 The Answer and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM570, The Mission.
0: Hello, I'm Valerie Smaldone, host and producer of Bagels and Broadway. I want to wish you and yours a very healthy and happy 2021. This has been quite a year, and during this time, Bagels and Broadway has done its best to bring initiatives of the theater industry to light, to help support restaurants and small business in such dire straits. We're all about New York. We're all about helping each other. Thank you for listening to Bagels and Broadway, Sundays from 2 to 3. Sending all my best for a peaceful, happy, healthy new year. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust. At a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion. There is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katzimatides, the personification of the American dream who built a multi-billion dollar business empire. Talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the CATS Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the CATS Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8 on AM 970. The Answer.
1: Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers who are making buying decisions for the new year. Will they consider or even know about you?
0: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman.
2: We're back, and we're back with Stephen Moranis, who is um, our Canada affiliate and expert. And Stephen, before we talk about the theater tax, would we'll just tell everybody what they what you do and how they can reach you like on your websites i'm going to post them but you also write articles that i think are extremely brilliant cuz i get you send them to me uh you kind of really just kind of besides for having real estate companies you also really keep up on journalism and writing all about the economies and 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 what's going on and uh you have to leave us all the information so that we can post it and people can get
4: to you. Could you do that? Well, that would be, yeah, for sure, Dottie. easiest way to get me is Stephen with a PH at me, And we write the Hater Moranus Bulletin, H A I D E R, Moranus Bulletin. Uh, our website is www.hmbulletin.com. Uh, And we write weekly in the Financial Post, um, which is the business section of the National Post, um, a paper that Conrad Black owned and then it got sold to Post Media. And we're Financial Post is like the Wall Street Journal in Canada. We're coast to coast to coast weekly. And um, we also get uh, uh, picked up by Post Media's many of its 140 properties. So papers such as uh, Montreal Gazette, Calgary Herald, Vancouver Sun, Ottawa Citizen. Um, we're big yes. in Kingston, <laughs> So you we're all over covered. the place. We've you, got it covered. You got it and, covered. Uh, and uh, you know, my, my cell number is 416 818 3110. I'd love to hear from anyone who wants to buy anywhere in Canada and I'll uh, fix you up with the right, uh, match you up with the right real estate agent, whether you're looking for residential recreational um commercial investment um i i've got the connections and i look forward to helping you be my pleasure that
2: i know that i know so Stephen, they you know so like we you were talking about canadian taxes and uh, like i always uh focus on new york because i have, you know not that connecticut and long island and although they have high taxes but new york is really you know always the highest in the state in, in the united states however uh, now, I mean, I'm hoping it doesn't go through. It, where are we with that Pierre de Terre tax? Do you have any news sure. on that?
3: Sure. So, so a couple of things. One, I just want to address one thing that Stephen mentioned on transfer taxes. Um, New York does have them, but um, it looks like Toronto has a speed by a lot. Generally speaking, the combined city and state um, is under 2% for residential Um, And if you buy and if you transfer outside of um, New York City in New York State, it's 0.4, so under one half of one percent on the transfer. Um, uh, On the pied-à-terre tax, again, this is the second home, and they're really trying to raise money, and they're trying to go after the high-end properties. I don't have any more of an update since the last show. Um, You know, they're definitely in talks to do it. Um, we want to be very careful as to what gets captured by it and see if it even goes through you know part of me and this is just my trying to read the tea leaves over there is there's a lot of negotiation going on right now between new york city new york state and the federal government and everyone has their hand out a little bit and i think what they're waiting for is to happen is to see what the federal budget looks like to see where money is going uh, money has just come in for rental assistance from the federal government. Um, good, good, good. So that, that's helpful. It's a little bit of a mixed bag because of how they calculated the formula. Um, New York City, proportionately to other cities and the country, has a higher percentage of renters than you typically find in a suburban single-family home market. And so when you look at the total numbers, while helpful and in the billions, um, it's, it's a little bit less if you look at a per capita um, from a rental population point of view. Um, we are end up on, on a little bit on the lower side because of that. And this is part of, I think, the back and forth negotiations. I think the same thing trials in with the whole transit authority as well. Um, they're running that, and, and really the, the ridership is not there. So I think this is part of the conversation. But I do think the message is getting out there that, you know, at a certain point you you stop bending and you start breaking. And
2: well, let's I think hope. Let's uh, hope, hope so. and I do hope, because if you're in the real estate business or you're in New York, that it's all about negotiations. We would not be in business if we didn't know how to negotiate. And that's really, you know, and I've always learned that in negotiations – uh, it's not I win and you lose. To have a successful negotiation, everyone gives a little, so everyone at the end of the day, n- nobody feels like a total loser that they lost everything. And I think that they will work that out in New York. Um, unlike what happened in politics, that I saw, that there was just no neg- no negotiations. I, 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 you know, everything is about that. And even when you're buying a home, it's all about negotiations. So, um, and and again. Um, I think they're in talks, and I think there'll be – I'm hoping there'll be some kind of a compromise
3: um, on that. Yeah, Uh, and and the last thing to keep in mind for the folks who are out of the state, New York City – and it's hard to say that when we just went through an election – the New York City mayoral election is next November. So it's always a year after the presidential. So we are, you know, again, about 10 months away from the next mayoral election.
2: Let me say this. Come (laughs) out and vote. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, New York has a terrible out... You know, not a lot of people vote. So if you want the city to, you know, be the city that you always dreamed of, and you know that when Giuliani and Bloomberg... I mean, this city flourished. Just make sure that you're out there. And I don't know who's running at this moment in time. Well, but
4: Dottie? Well, I think Dottie we're getting up. close
3: to 20 people running at this point. <laughs> yeah. so. well, I, I mean, I,
2: I have no clue who's running. I mean, you know, but... At this moment in time, but I think that 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 first, first of all, turnout is important. Your vote counts, and I think if I remember correctly, the voter turnout for the mayor for New York City was very little.
3: Seventeen percent. Seventeen percent of the city population voted. Right.
4: So Last that's time. Dottie. Dottie, I'd like to start a movement to get you to run. You'd be terrific. New York City <laughs> needs a female the mayor. Thing. That's and you,
2: too ugly for me. Okay, really, you know what? I have to tell you something you know i i i just you know look things nothing in life is easy, running a business, whatever you do, there's always bumps and there's okay, but not that it got it got ugly, and I think that it's you know probably gonna stop, but it really we we've got very polarized in America, which is something I haven't seen for a long time. You can disagree. You can have different opinions. I can think you're dead wrong, and you can think I'm dead wrong. But you see, the difference is, if I thought that you were dead wrong or Stephen was dead wrong, unless I had the facts, unless I had facts to dispute you, if it's my opinion, I might not agree with you, but that's what being in America and in Canada free countries are about. You're allowed to disagree. But not that, Absolutely. you know, you kill somebody for it, okay? So I, I just think that everyone... I think that one of my, my, I don't know what your New Year's resolutions are, but I'm a big believer. My, one of mine is to really, and I've always wanted to do this if I can have a, a, a bigger voice, uh, not for money, and really helping people to, hey, listen, we can complain all we want, we can look at all the bad stuff, but I want everyone, at least for what I feel, is to start 2021 waking up in the morning, and looking at any anything that's good in your life. I mean, we can all focus on things that are bad, okay? But start to focus on things that are good, and then many people will complain, okay? You know, you can call the show and complain. You can complain to your neighbors, friends, family. But actually going out and taking a vote or making a difference or getting involved in your, you know, people call us in their co-op boards and their board, well, get involved. I mean, so I urge people to get involved and make a difference because together we're strong and it's, that's what it's really all about. And I feel so lucky to be in a country that we do have a voice and we're allowed to have a voice. I just read somewhere, I don't know, was it China where one of the scientists who had all the information on this virus, and was writing a book or something, and then he was assassinated. Now, I don't have proof of who assassinated him, but, I mean, you don't want to live in a country like that. So what? let me ask you, what is your New Year's resolutions that, you know, you would share with people? Because I think that's really, uh, you know, let's make this a better world, but that we also have to be part of it. I mean, we just can't talk about it. And I always well, would tell I my know. daughter, she's a teacher, you might not change the world but if you change a couple of people and you help a couple of people that might've dropped out of school or might've not gone to college, you make a difference in your life. That's what it's all about. So, I mean, I don't want to sound like Pollyanna, but I just think we have to come together. I don't know about you, Steve or Steven.
4: let, Let me just say a couple of things. And I want to just bring to your listeners attention, just the distribution of house sales in Canada. So they get a feel for it. But, um, You know, I I think we all have to be grateful and kinder and more giving to our our neighbors and our communities. And that that's something that we all have as bad as it is. It's still pretty darn good in the United States and Canada. And we should be awfully thankful for that. And uh you know, people should be, you know, more compromising and, and, and less antagonistic, which, unfortunately, there's way too much of. But yeah, but I, I think this to
2: virus, be- and Stephen, my other Stephen, because you both have the same name, I think this virus, if you look at what people's focus is now, it's, I mean, look, everyone likes to have money, but most people's focus now is on something that it wasn't five years ago. It's on health. I mean, like if you're not, it's on staying safe and health. And I hope that continues. Stephen, what advice do you have as far as before ending the show? Uh, um, Did I lose you? am going to let yeah. Stephen from
3: Canada, since he's their guest, if he wants to add la- any last words. No, yeah, I, I think, you know, to...
2: Stephen, we're going to put up your website. I hope you'll come back on. I want to wish Stephen and Stephen a happy New Year's. And um, I think 2021, at least for me, I believe it's going to be a much better year.
0: Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.